Hi, and welcome to Cameron's Baptist Church Sermons Podcast. We hope you're blessed by today's message. Amen. God is good. Thank you, everyone. Um, you may be here for the first time. I would like to welcome you. God bless you, and my desire is that God will speak to you this morning. And I just want to warn you, um, I'll try to be as brief as I can, but I do have a word from the Lord to give you this morning, and I want you to be patient with me this morning. I want to read in the book of Daniel chapter 9. I'm going to speak about the mercies of God to a wicked generation. It was the first, I'm I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It was the first year of the reign of Darius the Med, the Mede, the son of Hasueros, who became king of the Babylonians. During the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, learned from the reading the word of the Lord as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. I also wore wrath burlap and sprinkle myself with ashes. I pray to the Lord my God, then confessed, O Lord, you are great and awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant and keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commands. But we have sinned and done wrong. We have rebelled against you and scorned your commands and regulations. We have refused to listen to your servants, the prophets, who spoke on your authority to our kings and princes and ancestors and to all the people of the land. Lord, you are in the right. But as we see, our faces are covered with shame. This is true of all of us, including the people of Judah and Jerusalem and all Israel, scattered near and far. Whenever you have driven us because of our disloyalty to you, O Lord, we and our kings, princes, and ancestors are covered with shame because we have sinned against you. But the Lord, our God, is a merciful and forgiving. Even though we have rebelled against him, we have not obeyed the Lord our God, for we have not followed the instructions he gave us through his servants, the prophets. All Israel have disobeyed your instructions and turned away, refusing to listen to your voice. So now, The solemn curses and judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured down on us because of our sin. You have kept your word 
and done to us and our rulers exactly as you warned. Never has there been such a disaster as happened in Jerusalem. Every curse written against us in the law of Moses has come true. Yet we have refused to seek mercy from the Lord our God by turning from our sins and recognizing his truth. Therefore, the Lord has brought upon us the disaster he prepared. The Lord our God was right to do all of these things, for we did not obey him. O Lord our God, you brought lasting honor to your name by rescuing your people from Egypt in a great display of power. But we have sinned and are full of wickedness. In view of all your faithful mercies, Lord, please turn your furious anger away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. All the neighboring nations mock Jerusalem and your people because of our sins and the sins of our ancestors. Our God, hear your servants. Please hear your servants' prayer. Listen as I plead. For your own sake, Lord, smile again on your desolate sanctuary. Oh, my God, lean down and listen to me. Open your eyes and see our despair. See how your city, the city that bears your name, lies in ruins. We make this plea not because we deserve help, but because of your mercy. Oh, Lord, hear. Oh, Lord, forgive. Oh, Lord, listen and act for your own sake. Do not delay, oh my God, for your people and your city bear your name. And I'll read the other verses later. Until verse 23 later on. Let's pray. Father, thank you with all my heart that you are already speaking to your people this morning through the worship ministry in your house. And now through your written word. You have already given us a glimpse of something that only scratched the surface of his great, this great work that you have in store for your people here at Camrose. And I'm full of hope and assurance that uh, you will accomplish your work in our midst. And what you have planned to do for your own name's sake in, in our generation through this small part of your body here, Lord, in everywhere, will come to pass. Lord, your work here does not depend on me as a pastor of this church. It does not depend on the present leadership of this congregation or on anyone else who will be elected in the future to become a deacon or a leader in this church. But it does not depend on our ability to do things in a certain way. But Lord, we are, but we are invited to be part of this ministry, not because we have done something right, but uh, we are invited because of who you are, for what you have done for us and continue to do for us and through us. But we praise you because your plan and your will for this local body of believers is entirely dependent upon the character of the holy God we serve. It depends entirely on your faithfulness, Lord. And, and that is why we come with a, with a humble heart to thank you. Not because we are having a good day, but because you are a good God. Oh God, I pray, please do anoint your words this morning. Let it burn us. 
Let it lift our spirit and bring us close to your throne and take us where you want us to go. And thank you, Lord, with all my heart for what is going to happen. Use me, Lord. I give myself to you. Use this vessel for your sake. In Jesus' name, amen. The mercies of God in a time of judgment. The mercies of God to a weak generation, a wicked generation. You know, Daniel has seen a lot of things in his lifetime. Been taken captive as a young man. Walking through Babylon. The Bible shows clearly that he stood the test. Whatever was brought his way, he demonstrated to be a good and a godly man. It must have been hard on him, especially for those who love God, to look out and see the testimony of God while his people were in bondage and in love with the world. The people that should bear the name of God. The passage I read this morning. Please take away from what's going on in Israel right now. This word is not for Israel right now. It's for the church. It's for you, for me, for the church of Christ around this city and maybe all over the world. The people that should bear God's name is not honoring him. That which has been destined to bring much glory and honor to the almighty God. Now having become a mediocre and powerless and marginalized and so mocked in, in this generation. And I'm sure at the time of, of Daniel it must have grieved Daniel's heart to the core of his being. I don't know about you. I don't know what you think, what you feel about the way we are now in our, the state of our church. How was it in the days of our, of, of our Camrose brothers and sisters when they started, when they founded this church? How many people have invested their time and their abilities, their gifts, their money to live this legacy to future generations? And today we are benefiting from their hardships. In comparison to what they have contributed to the growth and the building of a strong fellowship here at Camrose. How much have we done ourselves for the time you and I are here serving the Lord God in this ministry? I want to remind you, this is the ministry of Christ. It's not Pastor Robson's ministry. My ministry is not mine. I serve in the ministry of Christ. The ministry doesn't bear my name, bear the name of Christ. I'm just a servant, serving this ministry, so are you. So do you. We are benefiting from someone else's hard work and all by the graces, uh, uh, all by God's grace. Think about it. How much are you willing to invest in building a stronger church for the next generation? How much you and I are committed to leave a legacy to our children, to our next generation. 
You know, Daniel comes to a time in his life as he's reading the book of the prophet Jeremiah and he remembers God's promise to his people. Just keep your, keep your Bible open if you can. We, uh, uh, I'm going to do an exposition of the text. Daniel chapter 9, verse 1, it says, In the first year of Darius, son of Asuerus, by birth, a, a, a med, or person as well, but a who became the king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years that according to the word of the Lord, to the prophet Jeremiah, must be fulfilled for the devastation of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. In other words, in the midst of obvious judgment, Daniel, a student of the word of God, he saw an opening mercy. And it is the true seeker of God that goes into the word of God and begins to see something of the mercy of God that sometimes the casual seeker may miss. That's why we need to study the word of God carefully, diligently. The casual seeker is generally looking for something for his or her own benefit, the word of God. I'm going to claim all the blessings, all the riches that maybe the devil has stolen from me. Listen, the devil hasn't stolen anything from you. You may have given up yourself for disobeying God's law and God's command and be disobedient to God. The genuine seeker of God is looking for something deeper than just a personal satisfaction. That's what we see in many songs these days. All self-gratification songs. You want to know the theology the people believe in? Look to what they're singing about. If you want to come to what the church preaches, listen to their songs. That's the, the theology starts there. Something about the honor of God and, and, and that must be in the heart of every true servant of the Lord. It is concerned with a God's honor, nothing else. Daniel is studying the scripture and suddenly there is this incredible opening of mercy. And Daniel sees the condition of his people and he starts to feel uneasy about it. And he feels also that he needs to do something about it. What about us? What about us? Do we have the same feeling? Can we see that something is not right? Can we feel the same towards the church of God in our generation? When we look and see a war such as the one we see today, do we feel that we need to come before God with the same willingness like Daniel did? Interested in look upon in the word of God and looking for a window of mercy. Something in the, in the promises of God in this book that we can pray for, that we can claim to God about. It is very similar to the church of Philadelphia. You may remember I preached here in the book of Revelation chapter 3 verse 8 where John saw his mercy coming to this particular group of people and he said, you only have a little power. You have little strength and yet you have not denied 
my name. And the Lord said to this church, I am opening a door to you that no man can close and I will do something so powerful in you and through you that I tell you that I will make those who claim they know me but don't, I will make them come and bow at your feet and to know that I have loved you. God had placed a strong impression in my heart about the honor of his name. And as he makes Camrose grow stronger in the presence of God, in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and as we grow stronger in power and in love, people will come and stay here just because they feel the love of God in us and through us. God said, I have set before you an open door. John saw it. And in the, in the church of Philadelphia. And I believe that many here are able to see it. But not everybody sees it. You must have a heart. Leaned. Clinging towards God. To want to see what God is about to do. Which sometimes can escape you and me. Let me just give you a, a very simple example. Remember when David was being pursued by Saul and then he was camping and and the soldiers of Saul soldiers were surrounding the camp and they was looking for him and then David was probably one of those days thinking about oh I wish I could drink the water of the well that is in such a place. When he. He was talking to himself. But he had three men. They were very close to him. Was very close to his heart. Those men heard his whispering. Those men were so close. That they, he could probably sometimes hear the bit of David's heart. They were faithful to, to David, loyal to, to David. So what they did, they went through the enemy siege, went to the well, got the water, and brought it to David. And I want you to make this an allegory, maybe, for you to compare. How close are we to God's heart to listen to his whisper? And God is saying, oh... How I long to see such and such people here serving and, and worshipping me. Then David couldn't take it, of course. He then poured out and, 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 and sacrificed and gave it to the Lord. God bless you, Victor. Bless you. How close are we to listen to God's heartbeat? Daniel saw in, in the word of God and he saw this opening of mercy. He was reading the book of Jeremiah that God spoke to the prophet Jeremiah that I'm taking my people captive because they have dealt casually and carelessly with the holy things of God. I love them, but they despised me. 
So they were going to be carried in captivity for 70 years. And at the end of 70 years, he said, I'm going to let them come home and begin to rebuild. And of course, Daniel saw this. He was reading the prophet Jeremiah. He saw the promise of God and 70 years has passed. And he started to pray. And he began to pray. Church, we must be sensitive to what God is showing us and we must begin and continue to pray. We must be aware of God's word to us. The word is spoken throughout these years and the word spoken recently into our hearts or we will miss the point of why God brought us together in this place and then if we do not take that Carefully, diligently, it may be too late. Verse 3, then I turned to the Lord God to seek an answer by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. You know, Daniel, was too, he understood something that God resists the proud, as James said in, in, his, in his letter. But he gives his grace to the humble. You know, in humility he prays, including himself as part of, of, of a failed testimony of his generation. He didn't blame others for what happened. Although Daniel has been a righteous man, as we read in the scripture, he walked with God, he paid the price, he was thrown into the, into the lion's den for his devotion to his God. He kept his testimony, but when he saw the mercy of God, he didn't go to God and said, God, you know, these people that you have, have, you know, that you've got here, they are the ones who did it all. You know, I kept my faith, I kept my commitment, my loyalty to you, but look at these people. No, he didn't do that. Instead, as we can read his prayers, he said, we have done it. No, the pastor did it. The deacons did it. We have failed you and placed him as part of the problem as well as part of the solution. Verse 4 and 5 says, I prayed to the Lord my God and made my confession saying, Ah Lord, great and awesome God, keeping covenant and steadfast love with those who love you and keep your commandments, we have sinned. And done wrong, acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and your ordinances. Daniel says, God, you are faithful, we are not. Is there something difficult for us to say, for us to, to confess and to admit? You know something that uh, is the very basis of a revival is when you and I come to the point of seeing if this nation is declining spiritually. If the church of Christ has lost her trust. If we are preserving the unity of the body of Christ. If we are not making a difference in our generation. Then... We have sinned against the Holy God and we have fallen short. 
Lord, you have not stopped loving us. Your plan and your will for us have not changed. But we have failed you. I'm not part of the solution. Then I'm part of the problem. So what do we want to be? Verse 6 says, We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and princes and our ancestors and to all the people of the land. In other words, God, you spoke to us, but we wouldn't listen to you. Period. There have been voices throughout the years in this church during this church existence, Camrose existence. And you that have been here longer than me know exactly what I'm saying. Know exactly what you have heard. Brothers and sisters, who I have not known, stood in this very place and challenge those who were here to be faithful to God and to so so they could see his glory so they could worship him and the beauty of his holiness that's what i see every time i walk through that door i read this 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 sentence here if we would only worship him and the beauty of his holiness as we are challenged to do every time we enter this building, we would do more. We would one more time see a revival in our lifetime here in our neighborhood, in our generation, at least here in our homes. We would see entire families coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, forsaking all other gods and holding him as the only one and true God of their lives. If they could only see that in this place there is a people who worship the living God and the beauty of his holiness. Because the holiness of God is what attracts people. It's not what we do, it's not how we sing, it's not how clever we are, it's not how well your pastor preach. feel sorry for you, but anyway, this is how other people speak. But it's by, it's the holiness of God. We wouldn't witness people coming to this building crying and, and confessing their sins because the presence of the Holy God is so strong in our midst that the, no one would be able to resist the voice of the Holy Spirit of God in our midst and the presence of the Holy God in our midst. Oh God, come and do that again, we pray. Make that your prayer. How many warnings have we heard from this very pulpit where I'm standing here to have God occupy the first place of our lives, in our lives. Verse 7. Righteousness is in your side. It's, so it's on your side. Oh Lord. But open shame. You see what is open shame? That means everybody sees. Open shame is at this day fall on us. You wonder why people don't want to come to church? Because they don't see church as a place where God manifests his power and his glory. They don't see church as a place where God's love is shown. To us belong the confusion of faith as at this day fall on us and all to them that are near and far 
all the lands where you have driven them because of their treachery that they have committed against you, O Lord, to us belongs confusion of face. Are you looking confused today? Verse 8 says, Open shame, O Lord, fall on us, our kings, our leaders, and our fathers, because we have sinned against you. Daniel says that we are highly overpowered. That's what he's saying. Not only as a church, but as a nation. We have been brought you know, to a place where we are confounded. You know, that our leaders don't really know what to do. And our governors are so lost, they don't know what to do in times such as the one we're living right now. They're all running here and there, trying to find a solution for what's going on around the world. They can't even do what they need to do here, right, in their own country. To sort out the mess that we are living here right now. One thing I know, Jesus is coming and we should get ready for it. He's coming. Are you ready for his coming? It is exactly as it was for Daniel. We, are, we also are in a similar situation. But we need to take the word of God and read it and look for this window of mercy. We need mercy of the mercies of God for this wicked generation. We need the mercies of God in time of judgment. We are what we are going to do for the years to come. will define, will actually what this church will be. I don't believe we have many years or, of mercy left, do you? The world is too wicked and God cannot tolerate it any longer. But one thing God cannot find is wicked, wickedness in his church. Because he said he will come to, 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 to take for himself a bride, a spotless one. With no wrinkles, no stains, no sin, no wickedness at all. So be ready. Although these things will be taken away, will be cleansed from that body, because God is not taking a, 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 a homeless church, a fragile, wicked, weak church that cannot even pray. Neither the wickedness of this nation, or the complacency, laziness, or the lukewarmness of his, of his church, he will not take it lightly. Those that were supposed to be setting a spirit standard no longer have a voice. They're allowing to bring into the church of Christ things that are not in his word. Try to be inclusive. They are including sins and deprivation and immorality within the church of Christ. He will not take it lightly. It is a holy God. Remember, he's a merciful God. He's a good God, but he's also a God of wrath. Sometimes we, we ask why for the lack of power in our congregation, don't we? Daniel said this. This is our rightful portion for what we have done 
for how we handle the holy things of God. We are no different from the last king of Babylon who took the holy things of God that were given to him by his predecessor that were taken from the temple and given to, to, to him by God when, when he invaded Jerusalem. But they said, you must keep this separate. You must not use it for common things, for ordinary things, because this is holy and is consecrated to the Lord. That, In other words, this is God's things. But they took the utensils of the temple of God and they party with them. They were so indifferent. Even though they were holding in their hands the holy things of God, they couldn't see it as holy. As they could see, all was silver, gold, wood, stones. For them was just things and they couldn't see holiness in it. You know, we have lost touch with the holy God. Even when we come through these doors, we say, okay, this is a building. This is not the church. We are the church. Yes, we are the church. But we have a commitment. We made a covenant with ourselves. When we, this building was built, it was consecrated to God as a holy place. And we cannot treat it differently. We don't care. We allow anything, that's fine, that's common, that's fine. You can do whatever you want. No, you cannot. We must take it serious. We, otherwise, so don't give it to God then as, 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 as something holy. Because God will not use something common. Everything God uses is separate, is holy for his use. Oh, it is just a meeting, you know. Oh, it is just a Bible study. It is just a prayer meeting. It is just the Lord's table. No, it's not. It's something holy and consecrated to God that we must take it seriously. You spoke, Daniel said. We didn't listen. And we, we were overpowered. Are you feeling overpowered by something in your life? Are you feeling that the burden is so heavy that you, you, know, you feel like you're going to be crushed? Under that guilt and shame that you're feeling right now. Or that weight that you can't bear on your own. There's grace and mercy for you this morning. So God can release, can set you free. We are living in a generation where the voice of the church of Jesus Christ has been greatly diminished. We are almost a non-player in our society and the world has had more influence over the church than the church in the world. You come and see, they black the whole thing up and put a smoke all over around and let's praise the Lord like everybody else. You think you're attracting people from the world, you're not. You're just copying the world for something that you don't have, don't have, don't have to. Because what touch people's heart when you praising and worshipping God is... Our dedication, our wholeheartedly worship, pouring out into his altar, and then the incense that rises up from this is pleasing to God, and God comes and fills the place with his presence. That's what makes all the difference. That's how we worship the Lord. I just would love to know what our brothers and sisters that worshipped in this place at the beginning, 
of this church would say about us today. Honestly would. Would like to have a dream where God would speak to me and tell me. Or, or speak to me. Do you think they would feel a kind of satisfaction or disappointment with us? Compared to what they've gone through to have this place here for us. Verse 13 says, just as it's written in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come upon us. We did not enter, so, so we, we did not in, in, entreat or earnestly ask the favor of our Lord our God, turning from our iniquities and reflecting on his fidelity. Have considered God's fidelity towards you and your family? Have you ever done that? Have you considered God's faithfulness because of your job? Because of who you are, where you are standing, where you are going, what God is doing for you? Or do we just take all these things for granted, think, well, God has nothing to do with that? Daniel said, even to this point that our voice has been obviously diminished, our prayer meeting throughout the country is empty. And our quest for life changing truth is just shallow. And doesn't that describe the spiritual condition of the United Kingdom's church today? Doesn't that describe the condition of the British church in our days? We are living similar times, and yet, still across the nation, our prayer meters are so empty. When you call people for prayer, only a few turn up for that matter. I talk to my fellow pastors, you know, when, when, when we get together, and I said, how is your, how's your church prayer life? How people respond to prayer? And the answer is almost the same. You know, we're struggling to bring people together to pray. Brothers and sisters, look around you. Look around you. Look around society. I'll, I'll, I'll be more specific. Look at your house. Look at your relationship with your spouse. Relationship with your, your children. Relationship with your friends. Relationship at work. At work. Do you see God's glory there? Do you see God's being glorified? Do you see God's being honored? In spite of the fact that marriage has been redefined, and things that happen in our school today, this gender stuff, you know, our children have been killed in the womb, in spite of the fact that the society is spiraling absolutely out of control and into an abject immorality, yet our prayer meetings are empty. We make any excuse not to go and pray. Oh, God knows I can pray from where I am. No, there is a power of prayer when we get together. In spite of our young generation leaving to university and not ever coming back to church again, to life church again, we still feel it's okay not to get involved in prayer. Our testimony to them is not powerful enough to encourage them to serve and honor God. And we insist on changing our prayer meetings together for a hobby or anything else that brings satisfaction and entertainment to us. 
Let us not allow the devil to deceive us and say to us, and it's your right to have a good time, your time for yourself. You deserve, you work so hard. Why Jesus said, then seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So I'm confused then if we do not pay attention to what he said. So the testimony of God has been greatly diminished. The nation is aspiring, as I said, out of control. The divorce rate in the house of God has increased so much that in some places it exceeds the number of divorced people in the world. Yet, the devil may be right in telling you that you need time for yourself. But in times like this, be distracted by the things of this world, no matter how legit you may think it is. It will be your doom and the doom of those you love, the doom people around you. Do not neglect because you don't look to people. Oh, I'm not going to that church because you know the pastor or the leadership. They did this and did that. Listen to me. You're not going to church to look at them. If you do and say and see they are doing something wrong, go and tell them to their face. You're wrong and you're dishonoring God. Tell them. It's your obligation before God to say so. You must do that to me. If I'm dishonoring God, you come and tell me and rebuke me in Jesus' name. And I better repent. But don't make an excuse to say that's your pastor, your leadership. You have to look to Christ Jesus and there are people in the church that you can look up to and follow their examples as well. Be aware that God will bring us to an account. When we look for entertainment to satisfy our soul, is a sign that we need a revival in our lives. We need to go back. The devil will keep you entertained and happy as long as you don't pray. You know, once you start praying, let me tell you, God will tell you what is in his mind. That's the only way we can have the mind of Christ. You know, I, I had more. I haven't finished yet, but uh, I think it's coming a time for me to conclude. And I'll leave the rest for another day. I want to read the verses. So the Lord kept watch over the calamity until he brought it up upon us. Indeed, the Lord our God is right in all that he has done. For we have disobeyed his voice. So let me finish with this. Confession is the key to a revival in our hearts. Agreeing with God that we are wrong and that he is right is the first step towards deliverance and revival. Oh, I don't feel, I don't have strength, Lord, to serve you or to go to church. Confess your sins to him. Name them. Confess your sins. Name them. Write them down. If you, if you don't want to name it, so write it down. Lord, this, this, this. Write it down. Write it down. You don't have to show it to anybody. Show to him. Lord, he is. He is. All of it. 
And I want, I'm, I repent from each one of them, Lord. And I guarantee you, there has never been somebody who came before God with a humble heart, with a broken heart, that God has not raised up and lift up and blessed them mightily, powerfully. A woman with a beaten heart because she was mocked by his husband concubine was so bitter that she came to the Lord and she could not even pray, but she would move her lips. And I can imagine probably saying, Lord, have mercy on me. I, don't, I can't take this, this mockery anymore. I don't have a child. And then God blessed her. A woman came, named Hannah, who then gave us prophet Samuel. I don't know where you are in your life today. I don't know how bitter you're feeling lately. All you need to do, just move your lips. And the Lord is listening to it. Even if he does, will judge you like Eli. Try to judge, oh, you're drunk. No, I'm not drunk. I'm just a bit of one. I'm just in despair, in a great despair. And I'm here for God's mercy. And there is a door of mercy opening to you this morning. And for this church this morning. Confession is the beginning. So Daniel begins to turn in verse 15 16, telling us that this is how our prayer meeting needs to be in the days ahead. Daniel remembered how God mightily and powerfully brought the people out of Egypt, was remembering his blessings, his mercy. He brings to memory the deeds of God. We must bring those days. Are you tired? Do you want to be revived? Do you want to be renewed in your, in your love for Christ? Remember the days that God brought you out of that slavery, that bondage. What Daniel's saying here is this. God, I saw mercy here. Please. I saw when you delivered your people from Egypt. Please show me your mercy again. God, incline your ears. Oh my God, inheritance. Look at the desolation of your house. Tell him, Lord, look at the desolation of this heart. It's been my prayer. Father, please look at your people now. Once again, come and do it. Do it again, Lord. Do it in my lifetime. A revival here in my church. I keep asking every day. You know, uncompromised and faithful to the word of God, Daniel stood. You know, God will come to our rescue. Do it again, Lord. Do it so sovereignly that not even a fool can touch the glory of God. Do it so powerfully that the whole town and city will know that there is a living God in this place. Hallelujah. We desperately need your intervention, O oh God, in our life, in our church here in Edouair. Do it for the glory of your name. God, we have not come to you in arrogance this morning. But we have come to you in humility, Lord, of our hearts and pledge to you once again to exalt your name over this church. Over every single person here today, Lord. Please, oh God, don't wait any longer, we ask you. Lord, please forgive. Lord, it's all about your name, not ours. It's about your glory, not our church. Lord, they are mocking your name. They say you have no power. Please forgive us for allowing that to happen due to a lack of love. 
But it is about your kingdom, not come Rose Baptist Church existence as a church, Lord. So please come and continue to work what you started years ago. Bring a revival in our midst, I pray. Bring the power of your presence in such a way that no one would be able to stand before your glory. God, please show to this nation and any other nation that you are God. Hallelujah. I know, Lord, you could write your name through across the sky. You know, you could show people angels to fly to the cosmos. You can shake the foundations of the earth. You can make the sun shine a hundred times more because you're God. But I know your plan, Lord, is for us as your people to lift up in humility and ask you for forgiveness. But your plan is to demonstrate your power and your love through me and everyone else in this place. Hallelujah. Because you know, Lord, you, you take the nothing and the nobodies, the fools of society to put in us your power so you can get the glory. It has always been the way of God, not ours. Lord, when you need a prophet, you take a barren woman like Hannah and bless her. One enemy came against your people with 135,000 army. Big. All you need was 300 men. Lord, he have taken an 80-year-old man and sent him to Pharaoh with one line sermon. Let my people go. Lord, and Pharaoh has no chance than to obey the Almighty God. Lord, this is how you are. That's who you are. How foolish, Lord, would we be if we think that we have come this far because of our own doing. How foolish, how foolish it is for us to think that we can put our hands into the ark and give you an assistance and give you a help and push, give a little push. Oh, have mercy on us, oh God. We can't do that. You called us to be instruments and channels of your grace and mercy and your glory to this country. And Daniel saw this window of mercy, Lord, and I want to see that window right now. And I, I can see this window right now. So I'm praying like him, Lord, for this generation to come to repentance and to the knowledge of the God Almighty. Lord, you are here this morning. We are these instruments of mercy that you can use in your hands. Brother and sister, you and I are these instruments of mercy that God are willing to use. Are you willing to give it all? Are you willing to give yourself away? Let's sing this song again. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use it. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. If you want more information about Camrose Baptist Church, visit our website, www.camrosebc.org.uk. 
Follow us on Instagram at Camrose Baptist Church and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Camrose Baptist Church Edgeware. Thank you.